welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Praise the Lord. Joyce Meyer, who knows Joyce Meyer? We like Joyce. She's a good teacher. Great woman of God. She created a series uh, she used to, when they used to sell DVDs back in the day. She created a series that was uh, her poorest seller. And she couldn't get anyone to buy it. And it was, the series was about obedience, <laughs> obeying God. And, and it was named as such, you know, obey God or something like that. So she switched the name to your number one key to blessing. And then it sold out. <laughs> so she did very well. So this morning, I want to preach on your number one key to blessing, or actually obey straight away, as I like to say. So obedience, obeying God. I just really am excited about the concept of obeying God. Isaiah 1.19, it's one of my favorite scriptures. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Why should we obey God? I want to do my own thing. I'm, I'm an independent, capable person. I know what I want. We all of us have within us self-will. We're all, we're all made in the image of God. So we think, oh, you know, I do what I want. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the way it is, you know. <laughs> Why are my children giving me a funny look? <laughs> it's all right. We all, we're, all, we're all rebellious. <laughs> so why should we obey God? I'll tell you why we should obey God. Because he is God. He's the boss. And whether we like it or not, we live in a universe where someone is in charge and they're the boss and they tell us, he can tell us what to do. I mean, it's as simple as that. There's a whole bunch of other reasons. But at the end of the day, he's the boss. And we kind of live in a society that sort of struggles with this concept now. It's really weird. It's, it, it, it's gone without saying for the last several thousand years. But, but now we live in a society, well, I, I don't want to do what the teacher says. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to stand for the national anthem because I, I have my reasons, whatever. I, 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 you know, kids go and start working with the boss. It's like, this, this man's telling me what to do. It's like, well, he's the boss. He owns the company. Well, I don't want to do it. It's like, well, go and start your own company then, mate. Like... People, it's like there's this strange kind of concept that we can just do what we want in every situation. It's like, no, actually, no. The universe is designed around the concept of authority because there is a God and he's the boss. And we, we really need to get a hold of this because if we don't get a hold of it and if we don't teach it to our children, we're going to have difficulties. So at the end of the day, the reason we obey God is because he's the boss. He designed us. He made the whole universe. He made you. He says this is what to do and we do it. He, he, he gets to give commandments. He gets to say, don't murder. And we ought not because he's the boss. So really I could just stop now because that should be enough for us. Okay, you're the boss. That's it. We obey. We do it. You know, why do they have to get these young soldiers these days to stand for hours and hours and hours and hours at attention just so that they learn this concept? 
We're the boss, and if you don't like it, I'm going to scream and yell in your face and make you run around the oval a million times and do all sorts of horrible things until you get it. So, you know, we're soldiers in an army, and he's the boss, and we do what he says. It's as simple as that. However, as it turns out, he's actually a really good boss. So we obey him because he's the boss, but we obey him because he's good. God is good. So he wants to actually bless us. He's like a very loving father. We've got a few fathers here. Tim Ashby, what does he do for his kid's third birthday? Takes him to the fair. Why does he do that? Because he's a good dad. He loves his girls. He wants to bless them. Most parents I know these days find it very hard to discipline their children. You know, it's, it's like they, they just... You love them so much, you don't, you don't want to discipline them. You just, you know you're in charge of them, but you sort of just want to make it nice for them. We have to sort of say, no, discipline them, it's okay. And God is, God is a heavenly father. He loves us. The very first commandment, do you know what the very first commandment was? It says that God, after he'd made man, he blessed us, he, he blessed them. And then he said, the very first commandment, number one, be fruitful, multiply. Do you know what that actually means? Be fruitful? Do you know how human beings recreate? Do you know that? I think most of you do. So that's the very first commandment. Go and make love. Have a great time. Adam's like, okay, this should be all right. Let's give this a go. And have so that's a pretty good, that's, that's not so bad, is it? That's pretty good. That's the very first thing he told us to do. Go and love each other. Go on, just go off and do this great new thing that I've designed called have sex, whatever, and have children. So not only do we get to make love, which is fun when you're married, everyone, wait till you're married, plenty of time, but if the singles, but you know, but to have children, which is just a delight to have children. So beautiful and fun to have gorgeous little children running around. We adore our children. Well, that's not, that's not such a bad commandment, is it? That's not onerous. That's not terrible. That's lovely. And this, is the, this first commandment really shows us the nature of God. His commandments, his, his authority is there to bless us. It's there to do us good. And as soon as we get a hold of that, we will realise that we need to put down our stubborn ways, put down our sinful ways and go, you know what, I'm going to do it your way, God, because this is going to work out better for me. This is gonna, you you want to bless me. Imagine if little, which one was it? Is it Iris? 23? Oh, I'm impressed. So Iris is turning three. Imagine if she said, I don't want to go to the fair. I'm at my own party. You know, imagine if she argued and thought, it's like, this is going to be fun. I, I want to do something. Good. I don't want to. Because we see in children that self-will. It's just this, I don't want to do it. But it's like, Tim's like, oh, this is good. Trust me, it's going to be good. I mean, I've dragged many of my children to places and said, but you will, you will like it. It will be good. I remember snorkeling with one of them. I remember saying, we're going snorkeling. I don't want to go snorkeling. Yeah, we're going. I don't want to do it. We're going snorkeling. You're going to really enjoy it. It's a happy family occasion, okay? So come. You know how it is sometimes. Like a dra- Especially as they get older, Tim, you're really sometimes just dragging them along to these family events. And then there comes an age we just give up. But we were still dragging at this stage. And so we, we went snorkeling. It must have been one of the very first times, I think. So he sticked them on. You do this and you breathe through here. Very first time, right? And it was like, oh, I don't want to do it. You're going to do it. Like, put your head down, breathe. You're going to do it. Anyway, and then it was like, wow! We could actually hear it through the snorkel. Underwater, we heard, Wah! 
Like, what is that strange noise? And it was this particular child enjoying it so much that they were squealing with delight through the snorkel. It was the cutest thing. And, and oh, I love snorkeling. Mom was like, yes, you do. Because we thought you might. So, you know, you just don't know until you try. It's like green eggs and ham, is it? Try it, try it. You will see. It's very great. And try. I want us as a church, look, we might not be the biggest church around, Obviously, even when we raise the roof, we still might not be the biggest church around. But what if we were the holiest church? What if we were the most loving church? You know, there's fruit and there's fruit, isn't there? God has promised that we're going to be a fruitful church if we abide in him. If we keep obeying him, we're fruitful. And my desire is that our fruit would be just sweet, yummy, scrumptious apples. Because acorns are fruit too, you know. I don't know about acorns to eat. They're not so good. I've tried as a kid. So, you know, there's fruit and there's fruit. So let's make that decision to be a beautiful, amazing people, an obedient people that love to obey God. Deuteronomy 28, there's a whole chapter about it. If, 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 if you diligently obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all the commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth and all these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Uh, he, and then read Deuteronomy 28. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. This will be blessed, that will be blessed. He's saying just obey and you'll see this blessing. You'll see this blessing. So we obey God because he's God. We obey him because we get blessed. Let it be a delight to obey him, not a duty. It's a delight. It's easy. It's wonderful. Let us obey him because we love him, not because it's a law. Let us, our obedience come from, from love. And the other reason we obey God is because if you keep reading in Deuteronomy 28, you come to the curses. That if you disobey God, and we go back to Isaiah 1.19, if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. You will be devoured by the sword. Life will be difficult if you disobey God. It will be difficult. There is in life a measure of suffering for us all, even when we're obedient. There is, there is suffering. There are, there are trials. There are difficulties. And sometimes it's hard to sort of, am I, is this difficulty because I've been disobedient? Or is this difficulty because you're... You're testing me. And then, you know, that's where we need to maybe talk to people, be wise, like suss it out, seek God. I mean, there's, there's mystery in life, as we see in the book of Job. But we want to be sure that it's not because we're disobeying God. And sometimes the truth of the matter is, it is. It is. I can think of at least, at least three people, you know, that I know, and I'm sure there's many more, but I can think of at least three that wanted to marry someone and they were told in no uncertain terms by the people around them, don't marry this person. Do not marry this person. This is wrong. I remember, I remember one, one, yeah, one chap spoke to someone and said, should I marry? Should I get engaged? And, and the, the person he was speaking to said, no, don't do it. This is going to be really difficult. But, and then the next day he announced his engagement. It was like, oh, okay. So it turned out to be a very, very, very difficult marriage. I know of another lady who asked her pastors, it was Pastor Phil actually, should I marry this guy? And he goes, I, I don't think so. I'm not, I don't feel good about it at all. Just wait. I don't think so. Went ahead, married. It was a disaster from day one. It was very, very difficult. You know, disobedience affects us. It, it, it's not, 
you know, it's not, we, don't, we don't want to stop you marrying someone you love. But, you know, sometimes if we're not listening to God and listening to the people that God has given us, we're going to put ourselves in difficult situations. And, and that's not good. That's not good. That's what Jonah did. God spoke to Jonah and said, okay, let's go and preach to Nineveh. And Jonah's like, I don't want to. He said, I don't want to. I don't want to preach. You ever feel like that? So it, it's, it's like, why do we disobey? I, I get we disobey because, you know, I, I want to eat the forbidden fruit. It looks tasty. Or, or I want to watch the forbidden TV show or the screen. Or I want to, you know, some disobedience we get. But honestly, sometimes we just disobey. I think sometimes it's just this self-will. It's like, because I don't want to. I want to do my own thing. I don't want to preach to the people at Nineveh. Maybe he didn't like them. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't feel like it. Do you ever just feel like, I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like reading the Bible. I don't feel like praying. I just want to do what I want to do. Sometimes it's just this, this self-will inside of us, a selfishness, a, a, a thing in us that is not good, but that needs to be redeemed. It needs to be changed, but it can sometimes, sometimes still rear its ugly head in us. And we need to, we need to say, no, no, I want to keep obeying. I want to keep serving. I want to keep preaching. He didn't want to preach. I want to preach. Keep, keep going. So Jonah didn't obey. And it's interesting, disobedience leads to difficulty in our life, but actually it causes storms all around us because Jonah got on that boat and there was a massive storm. And those mariners threw their cargo off the boat trying to lighten up the ship. That's, that's money. They're just, they're just throwing away all their blessing because of this one disobedient man. So your disobedience doesn't just affect you. It affects so many people around you. So many people around you. And Jonah actually said this in Jonah 1.12. I know this storm is because of me. I know this storm is because of me. So that's, I mean, good on him for having that honesty. But just don't cause the storm in the first place. Now you might be thinking, oh, well, maybe I've caused a storm. But the good thing about God is he's the God of the second chance, isn't he? Praise the Lord for this abundance of grace and goodness and blessing, which just is available to us. And it was available to Jonah. He got a second chance and he went and he preached to the people at Nineveh. And we get a second chance. Let me encourage you. You get a second chance. If you feel like you've not been obedient, don't, don't sort of give up. Just, just know, oh, it's okay, I get a second chance. I was reading a great story from Jensen Franklin who uh, wrote a book about fasting actually because I was reading a book about fasting and he, he said he was in a shop and he saw this man and he had, his whole trolley was full of alcohol and he just kind of noticed him and he felt the Lord speak to him and say, say go and tell him Tell him he has great worth to me. That's what God said to tell this guy. He, he looked like he might have had a problem with alcohol, but he said, tell him he has great worth to me. And Jensen was kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, he's, he's a pastor in America. He was kind of, I'll get to that. I'll just pay off and, you know, do this and do that. And then he kind of got outside. He sort of lost, you know, you, look, you know that just that moment passes and he just didn't do it. He lost the opportunity. And when he got outside, his kids were like, dad, dad, that man didn't pay. He stole all that alcohol and he was like, oh. And he, and he actually confessed to his children. He said, I, I disobeyed God. I, 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 was supposed to, I was supposed to tell him. And he said, my heart sunk. I had a chance to tell this young man he had great worth to God and I hadn't obeyed him and I felt terrible. 
And so his kids, so and his kids just told him this guy's, you know, had stolen, and he was just, and then he go, and so he said he ran back into the supermarket to see if he was still there, couldn't find him, and he came out and he said he just felt terrible, and then his wife said, oh. I know where he is. And they don't say in the book whether his wife just got a word of knowledge or whether she saw, but she says, I know where he is. He's in the next supermarket down the road. And he went, really? They went, yes, let's go. So they went hooning down to the next supermarket. They parked the car. He ran into the supermarket, went to the alcohol aisle, and there was the guy. And he says that in his book, thank God for second chances. Thank God for second chances. So we do obey. We, we obey with all our hearts, but we do miss it sometimes, don't we? Sometimes we miss it. Maybe with big things like marrying the wrong person and praise God, God gives us second chances. We've got people in our auditorium who've got second chances with their marriages and I'm, I'm, very, I'm very grateful for that. But even, you know, in things that maybe, well, it, as it turns out, it is a big thing, but, you know, just even in everyday opportunities, we, we get a second chance. So he hunted this guy down in the aisle and said to him, he said, mate, God wants me to tell you, you have great worth to him. You have great worth to him. And the guy was all teary and he said, look, here, here. Here's 40 bucks. I, I don't even care what you're going to spend it on. And he just gave him all his money. And he said, you, and he, they, so they got to talking about Jesus. And the guy said, who are you anyway? He says, I'm a preacher. And he told him where he's from. And he says, come on. Come on, why, why don't you leave it there? Just leave it. Come on. The guy goes, all right. He was all teary. And he, he left the next trolley of alcohol. And he went outside. And they, they were able to pray together. And the guy was just so blessed and said, I'm going to, I'm going to come to your church. I'm going to come to your church. And he, he didn't for quite some time. And Jensen would wondered about him and prayed for him. And then one day he turned up to the church and got saved. And so it's just a, just a fabulous story and a great story about second chances and following God and, and being obedient. And just, you know, that's, that's exciting. It's just, and, and the difference between obeying, the blessing of obeying and doing what God wants and having that sense of peace and feeling good and that awful feeling you get when you disobey God. You just feel miserable, you feel pathetic or even worse, worse than feeling miserable for disobeying God is not noticing, is just being kind of numb, just kind of, I'm not going to think about it, I don't want to know. I don't want to know if I'm obeying or disobeying. That's worse. At least if you feel bad, you're aware. Being unaware is the most dangerous place. So don't don't be like that church. We need to have a sense of regularly obeying God, not just in the big things like I go to church, you know, I, I do this, I do just generally do the right things, but, but all the time. We, want, we can have an ever-increasing intimacy with him, an ever-increasing excitement in obeying him. Jensen's actually says there he'd just been fasting. They'd just been fasting in their church. He was very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So that's why he had this real sensitivity in, in who to speak to and how and and that's so exciting. So we need to have a sense of regularly obeying God, a sense of regularly, of, of awareness of God and what does he want me to do today? Am I obeying him? And, and it's not every day that you have a sense that, I, you know, speak to this person or do this. But he, I think he does give us, you know, we're working on a particular character area. He's telling us to watch how we speak or, or, or specific things like this. Jesus said this, in Luke 6:46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you to do? Wow. Why do you, why do you call me Lord and you don't do it? Like, if I'm the Lord, do what I say. And then 1 John 2, 4, whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. The very definition of a Christian is a disciple. It's someone who hears and obeys God. So let's be that, that, that person that is 
is determined to obey, determined to be aware of God and determined to listen. The, the word in, in uh, the Greek and the Hebrew for obey is, very, is, is the same word as hear often. So sometimes translations say if you listen to God, sometimes it says obey, but it's actually the same word. And we've got to decide. Sometimes it's not – if you don't sort of have a sense of what God's telling you to do, it may be because you're actually not listening. You're not waiting on him. We've got to actually take the time to listen to God and see what he's saying. Because if we're running around, you know, we all know that with kids. You, you, can, you can leave kids. You can just let them run around and do their own thing and never actually – they're not aware of you, so they don't ever have to obey you because they're not – you're not actually telling them anything. They don't want to hear. They've got to decide to listen. And I just adore – I spent some time with the pullers the other day and uh, Maddie told me what little Riley, who I think is what, four or five, had said. She, um, you know, she's a good mum and they're working on him learning to be obedient. And uh, so Maddie said to him, he needed to go up to his room. I don't, I don't know if it was, I think it might have been a discipline thing. He said, you need to go to your room. And he said, no, I'm not going. And then he paused and he, this is what he said. He paused and he goes... Wait, am I going to listen? I think I will. Okay, I will try. And then he went up to his room. And I just like, oh, I just love that. I said, so what, he actually said that aloud? And she goes, yes, it was the cutest thing. He's like, no, I'm not going. Wait. And, and she said, you could see the process going on. And he just literally said it aloud. Will I listen? I think I will. I, 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 and... And I just, I think that is just so great. And I think that's just the best analogy for really what I'm saying. I'm like, well, Riley, you've just nailed, I I asked obviously if I could share and she said, yeah. And I said, so did he? And she goes, yep, went to his room, sat there quietly, totally obeyed. And I just like, that is just a great analogy for us, isn't it? It's just perfect. It's like God perhaps says, talk to this person or give this money or do this or that. And there's a sort of, no, no, no. Or else like, oh, shh, shh. And then it's like, wait, 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 wait. Will I listen? Will I listen to God? Will I obey? See, like, you've got to ask yourself the question. You've got to slow down sometimes and go, wait a minute. Will I? Will I obey? There's a moment, isn't there, to choose. And if you disobey, you feel miserable. So, I mean, maybe I shouldn't share this, but... <laughs> I'm preaching on obeying God today, right? And so during the week, I disobeyed God. <laughs> and I, I was just so aware of it. Like I was, I, I was relaxing and these days on TV, really, I mean, all you can pretty much watch is documentaries. I mean, it's getting to the stage where it's like documentaries, Hallmark or the news maybe, maybe. Sport, okay, sport, 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 sport. I know, but I mean, I actually really like, I like a really good story. You know, I like fiction. I like a really well-crafted drama. I love great acting. I like it, but it's, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch it ever again because it's just getting gross. Anyway, I was on Netflix and I was sort of hunting around, trying, and I thought, yeah, I think this one will be all right. I'll give this a go. 
you know, I thought, I'll just watch the first episode and sort of, I thought, well, because usually there's at least one scene. I thought, well, I'll just fast forward that, like this. So I thought, oh, it's okay. I'm all right. So I did that. I kind of thought, okay, well, here's the bad scene. Like, hate those scenes. And then, and then another one, well, okay, well, and, 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 then, and then there was one that just caught me. I wasn't, I wasn't ready to fast forward because it didn't have the build up. It was just a sudden bad scene. And I went, oh, and then I'm like, oh. And then I just turned it off and I'm like, I just knew that the Holy Spirit had said right from the beginning, don't watch it. It's, you, you know it's not good. Like I, I kind of didn't know, but I kind of didn't want to know. I think I kind of heard that maybe it was a little bit, I didn't want to know. Do you know what I mean? I didn't want to know. I didn't do what Riley did. Wait, am I going to obey? I just went, oh, I think it'll be okay. I'll just fast forward the bad bits. But it wasn't good. And the worst of it was I felt bad. I felt doubly bad because I thought, I'm preaching on obeying God on Sunday. Oh my goodness, this is so bad. So I felt bad on so many levels because I thought that this is not a good example and I felt like, um, and I had this horrible image in my mind. That's, I hate those images. I'm like, how do I get it out? You can't get it out. How do you get them out? It's like, ugh, ugh. Just, it's just not worth it. Honestly, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Disobeying God is not worth it. Let's... Let's do what Riley does. Is wait. Am I going to obey God? Yes, I am, because there's blessing, there's there's goodness. It, it's a better life. He wants to bless us. He doesn't want us to pour filth into our minds. It doesn't do us any good. So, so let's determine in our hearts that we we will obey. Obedience, and here's the good bit. Obedience has rewards. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the best of the land. And listen to this reward. I love this. This is in John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I will love him and manifest myself to him. So when we obey God, we... We have a greater sense of who he is, a greater sense of his presence. You know, Ian will share this next week, but we had him back for our place for dinner and for lunch, and I just was I just fascinated him. He, he fascinated me. I, was, I just wanted to, like, tell me more, and he, he didn't want to come back. It was the hardest thing. He says, yeah. He was really, at that time, I guess he's, he's older now, so he must have sorted out his life, but he just he did, he was, wasn't interested. I just didn't want to buy money. I don't want to buy a house. I don't want money. He just was so, like... What's the point? He's just like, uh, he's so hard to leave because you just love him so much. He's so glorious. You don't even want to look away, you don't, let alone come back to earth. He just, he just wanted to stay so much, but he wasn't meant to. And so our great reward is to him. He is our portion. To know him, to be with him, just the wealth of that, the wealth of his presence, that's our reward. And we need to get to a place where we know that that's a reward. You know, let, join us. Like contrasting me watching that stupid show compared to when we were fasting and there were just moments in that fast where I just was worshipping and I just was so beautiful to have a sense of his presence and just because, you, you know, when we worship, you have a sense that he's sort of there and then sometimes you just ah, you get a bit closer. And that, that moment is... I want more of those moments. I want to be closer. I want to know him. Paul said everything else. This is the reward of obedience. It's him. 
I spoke a couple of weeks ago about a good list, you know, dreaming for, we dream, 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 church, dream about God. And one of my dreams came true. Ha <laughs> ha. Thanks to Frosty, I've always wanted to go out on a boat around the Skillion and out into the ocean. And uh, so Frosty took me and Linda out there the other day and it was just awesome. I was so excited. I went, this is, one, this is on my list. I actually got to tick it off. Frosty went, ding, done. So I got to go out in the ocean, look, look back on Terrible and everything. That was one of my little goals and, um, and see some birds. So we saw a, a flesh-footed shearwater. Yeah. Frosty says, yeah, a lot of birds out here. And then he goes, there's the brown ones and then the white ones. <laughs> Pretty good. You got it. Yeah, you got it right. And he says, you just got to watch out when they get caught in the fishing line because, you know, and then you're going to sort of, and I'm like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> so we're not supposed to catch the birds. We just, but anyway, we, um, so then I came home and, and sort of studied for ages. I'm going to have to go out again because there were others we saw, but it's so good because there's birds out there that don't come into the, in, in, further in. And we also saw a Tahiti petrel. So, new bird. So, yeah, it was fantastic. I was really loved it. It was a happy day and it was beautiful. But, you know, it was much, there's a joy in that, but there's also, it's funny, when you get things that you want, you know, have you ever done this? You get the trip overseas or the boat trip or you get, and it, it's great, it's great, but it's like, it's not, not quite, is it? It's not quite, it's not, what? It's not quite good enough. You know? But when you spend time in the presence of the Lord and you just start to worship him and you just haven't, you have all night and nothing else, and you start to get a sense of his presence and him, he is our portion, he's our inheritance. You never, ever get that feeling it's not enough. I tell you the feeling you get. I want more. I want more. I just tasted something. I want more. I want more. You just want more of it. You want more. And this is our reward. This is a reward of obeying him, of seeking him. There's so many things he wants us to obey him in, and he wants to give us a reward. One, look, I'll tell you something he says to obey him in. Listen to this. He says, delight yourself in the Lord. I'm throwing my sound, the man all out. But listen, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So there's a command, a positive, beautiful commandment. All his commandments are good. Delight yourself in the Lord. So do this, church. Make your delight the Lord. Not going out on the boat and fishing or looking at birds or traveling. Make this your delight. And what? What's the consequence? He gives you the desires of your heart. Enjoy being with him. Run to him. Run and find your satisfaction in his presence. So relax in him. So share your heart with him. So enjoy his presence. Let him so fill your heart that he then lets your heart run wild with any kind of desire that you want because all your desires will, bring, will exalt him. How cool is that? If you love him and, and, and do what he wants, you can just let your heart go because your heart's so focused on him, everything else you want will be good. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. That's the kind of commandments I'm talking about. That's, that's how God wants us to obey him. And that is not onerous. It's not difficult. It's not difficult at all. Praise the Lord. So let me encourage you, church. Let me encourage you today if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. It's not hard to obey God. It's not hard to obey. He's got a whole thing called the Bible. And when you open it, it's full, chock full of commands. Read one and obey it. He has pastors who may give you some advice. The Bible says obey your pastors. We might talk a little bit about that another time. But 
you know, pastors might sort of help you and give you some advice and work with you. And it's, you know, we work together, obviously, but it's not hard to find out. God's not like a distant father who's like mysterious. I don't know what he wants me to do. He's made it very clear. He really has made it very clear. And if we want to obey him, he, he wants to tell us what to do. So let's have that heart. Let's be like little Riley that chose to obey. And let's see how God, when we delight in him and when we delight to obey him, will actually give us the desires of our heart. This is what we want. This is who we are, church. We want to obey. We love to obey. And we work together with God to see him glorified. My final reason why we should obey God is to bring glory to him. I mean, we've talked a lot about, well, I get blessed and then I don't get the problems with disobedience and other people will get blessed and it's a better life. But he is glorified when we obey him. He, he is glorified. Our life, an obedient, holy, amazing, beautiful life, brings so much glory to God. And that's the ultimate reason. Everything that we do, whatever we do, the Bible says, let us do it for his glory. Let us bring glory to him. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.